Here we go. We are going to. We're going to eat and chat. Okay. This is the um, this is the, the Tom Mayhew eating and chatting yeah. session. This is what people want. This is what people want. Other things that people might want. Tom, uh, what's your opinion on that? To listen to people eat, people love listening to that. Well, we are. We're in a restaurant. We're in yeah. southwest London. We're in um, an empty restaurant. You've sold it to me as the best really? chicken in London. It's the best chicken in southwest London. Southwest London could be like, could be the best in London, but okay. trust me, it's it's it will be better than any uh, chain-based chicken you've ever had. Okay. And I imagine you're the kind of guy that might have had some chain-based chicken. I, I, I may have a Nando's car, <laughs> you know. Oh, hello. Have you heard of the infamous Nando's black card? Hmm. Is it infamous or is it famous? I don't know. Um, for one of a phrase that I've not just stolen from something else. But. No, I think I think perhaps infamous is the right phrase. Because I've heard rumours of this black card. It's infamously difficult to get. I know, like there are. How many chickens do you have to slaughter to by hand well, to get a Nando's black card? We could find out. We could find out. Let's do it tonight. So we need to eat all the Nando's in one evening. Is that what it is? It a 24 hour Nando's challenge? Is that it? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Let's do the it. 24 hour Let's Nando's. Do it, yeah. Like a Nando's crawl. Yeah. Oh my god. We get sponsorship from them, so we don't have to pay, and it's all free. So where would you where would you start? And what would you work through the menu? Because it's just really chicken. It is just chicken. Start with a quarter, work up to a full, and then back down again. All the sides. Don't forget the frozen yogurt. Or would you would you start big? That's the thing. I'd start small and work upwards. Okay. And I would start. I would. I would have a sauce based system. Yes, that's a good Because the systems are important. Oh, I quite like it if they had like you have a quart of chicken which is hot, a quart of chicken that's very hot, a quart of chicken that's mild, right? And a quart of chicken that's whatever the other one is. Lemony. Lemon, yeah, lemon and herb. And then you've just got this this whole massive chicken, but it's got like four different spices all together. You are talking about a combo chicken system. Mm. A, a, a multi-sourced combo yep. freakish yep. chicken system. Entirely. Wow. Um, called called the Ultimate Nando's. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they could name it after you. Um, would you like a Nando's dish named after you? And what would you call it? It, it depends. If I could sacrifice my naming rights for a black Nando's card, Let's put it out there. I'd happily do that. A lot of people listen to the podcast. Maybe the Nando's guys are listening. Hello, Mr. Nando's. Steve Steve Nando. There he is. Gillian Nando, his uh, his wife. I thought his first name was um, Fer. Fernando. Fernando. Very good. Yep. There it is. (laughs) First first part of the podcast. There it is. This is obviously Fernando. Yeah. Um, the Tom Mayhew Nando Spectacular. Yeah, I think that was the reason for this podcast. It's, it's I was just, just sitting in my house and Andy went, hey, come to London, let's talk about chicken. Let's have some chat about chicken. Yep. Chicken. Oh, someone's going to do it. I'm amazed hey. more people haven't. We both got Batman wallets. Ah, mine is an oyster. Oh, I'm nice. liking your Batman. Mine is uh, an angry Arkham Asylum based Batman. Oh, have you played the video games? No. Oh, why just not? because I don't have it on my Xbox. Maybe I should. I've, they're very highly rated. Highly rated. That, does that mean yeah. you've played them or you've uh, read about them? I've read about them. I've not got around to playing them yet. Which ah, is... see, now you. The way you said it was well, with the with the authority of someone that has knowledge, but actually it's perceived knowledge. 
Yes, it, it's knowledge that I have read about <laughs> and pretend to have. Good. You don't fool me. Good. Well, there we go. There's. Oh, I w- okay. I, I will play them. I'm gonna. I will. In by the end of the year, I would have played one of them. Arkham Asylum. Yes. Great. And your Tom Tommy, his favourite top three superheroes. Oh. In in order of um, the third best first. Okay. Right. Facts are important. Um, Here we go. Does Super Mario count? Super Mario's not a superhero, it's even though his super name's got his name. Super at the beginning. No, see, that's, 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 that's tricky, isn't it? It is. He's, I mean, Super Mario... Okay, so... No, he's not. Okay. I mean, there are other top um, threes available, but this is not one of those. This is superheroes. This is one of the most difficult ones. How do you feel about? I mean, I can start chucking some at you, but I'm not really the superhero Does kind of guy. count? Because he was like a guy pretending to be a superhero who sort of became a superhero, but he has no superpowers, and he. But you, but Batman doesn't have superpowers. He's a detective. Yeah, and kick off his shit at the start, but he get he becomes good. Exactly. So I guess he is a superhero. He is a superhero. I've got to kick ass first. Kick ass is in a number three. Yeah, I've really, good, I've really good. enjoyed those two films, and I'm really hoping they release a third one. We got him in. We got him in. Um, I don't know too whether I. See, I love the Batman films. Um, which of the, tri- the trilogy, the originals? Are we talking the horrible bit with the nipples? No, no, mainly, mainly the, uh, N- the Nolan trilogy. I was, go- I thought you were going with the nipples there. I was no, no, as well. no. Good Clooney's nipples, not good Batman work. No, not particularly. Did not enjoy this. Gen- I like Batman as a franchise, but as a character, I'm not too keen on him. That's an interesting theory. I think he's quite. What is it about Bruce that you're not a fan of? I don't know. He's just is not- it his attitude? Is it general malaise? What is it? Has he got too much cash? Perhaps a bit of that. Because that, <laughs> that... I wish he, was, he just isn't very... He's very rarely funny, he's very rarely particularly charming. It's just this guy who just does things and hits people. I would agree he's not charming. Yeah. Should a good superhero be charming? Um, because Clark Kent depends isn't on charming, is he? No, well, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like Superman either. Right, good. No, don't know Superman. It's not, not so charming. Who's the most charming superhero in your opinion? In your humble opinion? Um, I think maybe Spider-Man. It's, no, so I think he's got... Peter Parker always he's... seems quite down to earth. He seems quite likeable, quite normal. And then he quite, he cracks a few gags in some of the films. So does Batman. When? That's, a, that's what that feels like. His one joke. That's the one joke in the trilogy. trilogy. <laughs> I picked nine hours yeah. of movies. That one joke. That's yeah. what they feel like. Um, I I still don't understand um, how he chooses the voice. No. If you were to choose a Batman-style voice, what would it be? It's Tom Tom Mayhew, your normal voice. Which is, you know, as lovely as it is, would be your Bruce Wayne voice. Or would it? How would you adapt it? How do you do? I could use my normal voice for. And then, then share it with the audio medium. I think. Let's I have some would. Tom Mayhew voices. Okay, what voice will you? Hello, my name is uh, Batman. I like to kill everybody. Yes, and I'd really like overstretch words. Oh, really? I'm going to kill you, and it'd be really annoying. Batman doesn't kill much, does he? Yeah, he's against the killing. If I was Batman, I would. You'd kill more, or yep. some. Okay. Too many superheroes. They too kill. The two. They're too busy here being heroic. Okay, so number two. Oh, number two would be Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. Uh, Your PP. Num- Good. Number one. Number one this week. Um, 
I think I might say it's a big decision. We're not, we're not messing around with it. See, this is the type of question that can change like every three months. But that's fine because you know there might be another time you get asked. Um, Quicksilver from X Men. Ooh, wow. Because um, in the most recent film, he's just really cool. So the most recent film, he's really cool. So yeah. You're basing your the best superhero on the fact he's quite cool. Pretty much. Wow. Have, you seen, have you seen the film? No. Oh, there's this great bit when it because like basically Quicksilver, the idea is you can move really quickly. And so there's this beautiful scene where it's all in slow motion and he goes around just messing up all these things for the bad guys in really funny ways. But if it's in slow it motion, well, he's, moving he's not moving quickly. No, he's, he's moving at that normal pace, but everyone else is moving slow motion to show how quick he is. And it's like really nicely directed and filmed, and it's just a really funny scene. It's one of my favourite scenes in any well, superhero film. Well, there we go. So there we go. This week's number one superhero. <laughs> this week, yeah. It's Quicksilver from the X-Men movie franchise. I think he'd be a perfect member of the um, the, the RG JLag. Ah, JLag. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what would you what would you be in a JLag? Well, what, I wanted to be the the, the uh, superhero who used love, but I was rejected because I was going to be a villain. And then you said, no, we can't have that. So um, maybe some sort of mind control. Mind control. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Not being able to read minds, but you can. Evil or good? Hmm. I don't mind evil powers. Evil powers are fine. I think I'd start. I'd start off as good, but then I'd be rejected no. by society in the world, and I'd turn bad. That is textbook evil, pretty much. That's how evil's born. Yep. Fantastic. So what? What we're hearing is what is still a. Uh, Dry but empty space. There's one more person turned up. We have 50% more people in the room, which yeah, is good. Doing well. We, someone's hovering at the window, and now I think I've scared them off. Good. Wait, I don't know one person. That's half an audience at most gigs. <laughs> wow, that seems like a natural segue. <laughs> yeah. Tell the people about you, Tommy. You, we talk about Mr. Tommy who uh, at Tommy who 91 no, on a very regular basis on the uh, World Heard RG podcast. You ask questions. You're, you're the host, so I can't. I'm the host of this interview. Yes, yeah, so I can't take well, over. I was, I'm, I'm interested in finding out about your um, your influences. I'm interested in finding out about your background. But I'm also, again, and I think we should obviously um, becoming the host of your own bit of, little, little show. Oh, yes. Oh. Which is um, seamless. Very nice Breaking link. news. Yes. So is that, and this is a first, isn't it? I would, I would say yes, of this nature. It is, yeah. Um, at the end of this month, October 2014. On the 30th. On October 30th. Thursday night. Thursday night will be the first, um, hopefully, of many. Several. Let's go with yeah, several. The first of at least two. <laughs> um, a few. Comedy nights uh, at the Dar Papillon Comedy Club in Berkhamsted. I will be the MC and I'm also promoting it. And I've also booked a um, an up and coming comedian by the name of um, Andy Harlan. No, not me. <laughs> up and coming is not the time I would use. Archie's own Andy Harlan. Just tall. Very. I, I look. He's already up. I am like, up. Yeah. I am up. He's already over when six I'm up, feet up. I am up. Yeah. But yes, he will be appearing and that's quite exciting to see what he does. Gotcha. And terrifying. <laughs> exciting and terrifying. Like dating a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, which, have you got that written down? No. It's a good line. But I think, well, it's recorded. So. You, could, you could open it. Oh, thanks very much. I find stand up exciting, terrifying. 
like to hear Trenton's friends too. So that, this is good. I mean, how do you have you MC'd before? Uh, yeah, yeah. So how does that how does that differ from your usual schwitz? Um, you look forward. To it? Yes, I am. I think it'll be quite exciting. I think it'll probably just rely more on uh, audience interaction, the audience and stuff like that. Good. And I think it'd probably have to be more energetic than my usual act. My usual act is fairly downbeat, fairly internalised, but it'd have to be more. Um, you know, it'd be a bit louder, a bit more um, exuberant, and a bit more just, just all of it, just a bit more. Because as the MC, you have to be the NG in the room. Mm. And I mean, anyone who's done a load of open mic gigs knows that if there's a bad MC, often it's because they're doing it a bit half-assed. So it, you you have to, you know, pretty properly focused. Yeah, just really work hard. How did the evening come about? How did the concepts occur? Was it um, yourself? Was it someone approached you? No, someone someone approached me. I was talking to a um, good. a published author who lives in Berkhamsted. Oh, really? And Do you want to name drop? Would you like um, to? I mean, you've mentioned the word published, so it's worth name dropping by the sounds of it. Well, he's not you know, necessarily famous, but he's but published. Oh, yeah. His name's Leslie Tate. And he's, there we go. Good. He's had a few books published, and he also he ran um, a variety night at the same venue. And he knew that the owner of the club wanted to set up um, a comedy night. Cool. And so then he found out I did comedy, and so he said, oh, we'll just set up now. And I said, yeah, all right, we'll do that. Okay. And so, how long has it taken to sort of get the wheels in motion? Um, I think we were first talking about it in August. Okay, so not long. So, no, no, it took, you know, probably le- less than three months from first conversation to doing the night. Less than three months. Because you know, we're less than two weeks away. So uh, we're less than two weeks away from the, oh, yeah, from less the than two weeks 15 days. Night, yeah. It's 15 today, isn't it? So 15 days. Yeah. Uh, three working weeks, if you will. Yeah. So if anyone lives near there, come down. Yes. Come yes, watch us. Absolutely. Um, and um, what sort of what's the array of variety available in the evening? Um, well, there'll be. Uh, how, how did you approach that process? Um, Finding people. <laughs> well, um, as you know, we've got some Facebook groups of loads of comedians in them. Um, and you can just, it was a mixture of putting out the post saying I need some acts and also approaching yeah. some acts who I knew were good and inviting them to come along. Good. Um, so we have we have two acts I know are good doing 10 minutes. Excellent. Got a very good act who is the headliner which is Don Biswas and he's fantastic. And then we have, at the moment I think it's eight five minute spots including yourself. And they are a mix of people I know and people who just emailed me who I have no idea if they'll turn up, I have no idea how good they'll be, but that's quite exciting. Is that, um, what, what, what drove you towards that in the first place? And not just putting on a show yourself, but being part of what is this incredibly terrifying but amazing industry? What was, uh, what was the first thing that really grabbed you about it? I guess I've, I've always enjoyed watching it. Okay. Um, Do you remember the first show you ever went to? Yeah, it was uh, Russell Howard in 2006. Okay. Um, I think I'd seen him on Mock the Week. And I think, like like possibly many people of my generation, um, I thought, oh, he he looks quite young at the time, he was like 25. And so you're like, oh wow, this is just a normal young guy. Yeah. Whereas all the other comedians, they were like, you know, guys in suits, you thought, oh god, they're proper. How did you feel about yeah. that? It's a really interesting one because um, when you put yourself on stage, you know, there's there's no there's no room for hiding. 
Yeah. Right? And it's, it's interesting when you look at comedians across the board and of different spectrums and of different abilities and fame and all sorts. But actually, the way that a comedian appears on stage is really interesting. Because a lot of people go for the traditional suit and tie, or yeah. people wear the same, you know, you've got the Peter Kay thing who just wears the same outfit every night. Yeah. You've got the McIntyres, the black, um, yeah. you've, then you've got people that are just the Rod Gilberts and just turn on a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. The Greg Davis will you know, leave his yeah. massive ass hanging out, but it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, how do you, uh, uh, last, the last gig I did, I just, I did, I paid no attention to it. And I just thought, fuck it, I'm just going to be comfortable. But it's an interesting one, I think. Yeah, I, I tend to just wear what I feel comfortable. I just wear my normal clothes. Um, I think the best thing any comedian can do is just do what you want and what feels best for you. I think that's what people have to do, both in, in their writing, their styling, in, in all of it. Yeah. Just do what feels best for you. Don't think, oh, I have to do this to feel to this, or all that guy's wearing a tie. I think, no, do what you want. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's you know, you're up, if you're up there for five minutes, that's your five minutes, you can present yourself wherever you want. And then, um, obviously from that first time that you went out and started looking at live shows and things, what was it about going out and watching these comedians that you, say, you know, take Russell Howard, who you've seen on the TV, successful, yeah. very entertaining, very funny guy. Yeah. Um, what was it that made you go, hey, that's the sort of thing I want to crack on with, I want to get out there myself? Um, was it? Did the thought or process occur around the same time? I mean, or was yes, it something yeah. that came later on? No, no, it was, it was around at the same time. Like just before I seen him live was when I first started properly getting into stand up. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I'd like to do that one day. Um, I've always just enjoyed making people laugh. It's always been quite fun. It's always, um, well, sort of within my friendship group, I never was massively. I wasn't like, you know, the class clown or whatever. Um, I was also quite quiet at school. But I've always just enjoyed making jokes. I've always found it quite fun. I've always let words play. And I guess mainly it comes from like, uh, my mum and dad, they're both very funny. They don't, they, I mean, they don't have jobs in the industry. Okay. You know, my mum my works at Boomers so and my dad works distributing alcoholic beverages. Right, he, he runs an off license. Um, no, 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 no. He, 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 he will take them from the, the warehouse to the off That's license. Cool. He's the middle yeah. guy, isn't he? Yeah, middle pretty good. Yeah. That's very cool. That's He's the one who makes the cogs turn, basically. Really? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, I think just generally they've always been quite uh, funny. They, you know, you hear some people growing up, they have households where their parents spend all the time screaming at each other and it's not a very stable household. And obviously my parents are like some things where they'd be shouting, but most of the time they'd be joking or acting silly or, you know, whenever any of my um, cousins would visit when they were younger, they'd always be excited because my dad was always really silly, it made everyone laugh. Cool. So I guess that's what made me think, yeah, that's, I want to be like them, I guess. Do you think it's innate? Because um, I think I think performance side of things quite possibly could be. I'm not sure. I think there's, there's, it's partly because of your surroundings, but also it sort of depends on you have to, you know, there has to be a choice you make yeah, that makes you go in that direction. I think, in essence, part of it is, yeah, you know, but at the same time, there's also many other factors. Yeah. 
so bit, bits of it. You know. Would you talk about wordplay? Um, so would you were you you know making sort of silly little cracks and puns when you were sort of within that family circle or yes, at school yeah. and silly things like that? That was yes, really yeah. I was always just act, acting silly. Just I, I never really took much. That seriously, I'm like, I worked hard at school. I wasn't yeah. someone who went, oh, it doesn't matter. But I, would, I never was. So who's the chicken? Uh, chicken taken that way. Duck here, please. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Yeah, I never was particularly serious. I just liked yeah, making jokes, having fun. Yeah. We've uh, we've been served during midway through the interview. Can you hear this chicken? It's apparently brilliant. Well. There we go, this is a moment. It's a crispy skin chicken. It's a free range uh, chicken. It's been running around. And the chip? Uh, that way. Fantastic. Yes, please. Thank you. And the chicken. Uh, duck gravy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, would you like any ketchup and mayonnaise? Um, a little bit of ketchup as well, please. So, wow. That is good chicken. Um, that is good chicken. So, Tom Mayhew, uh, chicken report. What are you scoring the chicken? Um, on the chicken scale, how chickeny is your chicken? Is it good? It's good chicken. Thank you. You're I guess a few factors coming to play. It's like ah, okay. Let's uh, let's if, you know. Let's go down the Master Chef route. Talk me through the chicken. There's the skin. Okay, it's there's good. the the actual chicken. But then also, when you factor in the price, it was really very reasonably priced. I think it was a quarter was about eight pound. Eight pound, a bit less. No, I think a quarter of duck was eight pound. Okay, so I went for which Andy is eating. I think a quarter of chicken was five pound fifty. Okay, that's not bad. Which I think Nando's is like twelve quid for half a chicken, something like that. So it's you know reasonably priced. Yeah, and remember that this is a bird that's lived a happy life. Yeah, it's a happy bird, and it tastes better for it (laughs) every time. No, yeah, it's very nice chicken. I'd rate it. Tom Mayhew chicken rating is nine out of ten. It's a ninety percent chicken. Hmm. Well, it's hundred percent chicken, but hope so. <laughs> no, I've, no, I've built it up. Um, fantastic. So yeah, I mean, do you remember some of the first gags you told? Um, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily expect you to see, but do you remember the sort of type of humour that it was? Or? Yeah. All um. I did my first gig ages ago. So I did my first gig when I was 18, which was four years ago. But then I only did like four gigs in that year, and then I didn't do another gig for about two years. Uh-huh. And then I stopped for like another, you know. I only basically really got started properly gigging earlier this year. Right. But yeah, when when I was 18, it was just jokes about me being weird and awkward and a virgin who had never been out with anyone, basically. Okay. okay. I kind of ruined that. <laughs> by going out, yeah, by actually having a life, ruin the stand-up story. Just remember, you can lie, yeah? You can lie. Oh, I could, yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's still pretty much the same thing. <laughs> it's always been quite self-deprecating and sort of mainly making myself a target. I don't like comedians, I'm sure, just to go up there and just slag off people and stuff like that. Well, I, I prefer, you know, I, you can select someone if it was just Target. But I usually prefer people who just talk about their own life and, but then it sounds like 
bit weird. But you prefer people can just talk about themselves, I guess. It's always yeah. It, it, well, as long as they talk about it, it can always be far more interesting. And can learn a lot more interesting things. Okay, good. I mean, um, there's always that classic sort of, you know, you go and watch someone, you enjoy it because that's their misery, and you can look and enjoy laughing yes, at yeah. that. Well, there are some comedians, I think, they've, they've got more happy. Like, there are some comedians I followed for, like, probably about eight years or something, and across that time, big car outside, beeping her horn, clearly a big fan of the podcast. Clearly a big fan of the podcast, and not traffic lights. Yep. Yeah, but there's some comedians, like, you follow for eight years, and then as they become more happy, it can become a bit less funny. Whereas whether that's just that one comedian or whatever, <laughs> but it can be the case, that people... Yeah, I always think art is far more interesting if it comes from a bad place. Okay, that's an interesting phrase. Well, it's more interesting to me. Other people prefer, oh, let's so who's, who's on the top May who must see a list of your current kind of comedians of across the scale, well, across the spectrum? Um, who's really making you chuckle at the moment? Andy Harland. Ha ha ha. October 30th, I've heard he's going to be in Berkhamsted. I am going to be in Berkhamsted on October 30th. So people should definitely come to that. I believe in Tom Mayhew. <laughs> um... I really love, I think the person who makes me laugh the most, yeah. as if you properly laugh out loud, just hysterically most, is Brian Gettings. I saw his show, uh, like from the side of the stage, just for Edinburgh. I, I just sat there in awe. Because mm. it was from minute, from second one to the moment he walked past me on the side of the stage, it was incredible. It was nothing like I'd ever seen before. It was just... It's so... It's Charles really, Petrescu is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Oh, my God, it's amazing. It's so in- inventive and, and different. It's just weird, and I think... It's the type of thing that lots of people maybe won't get, but if you get it, you'll absolutely love it. It was a mad... I mean, it was everything... I, I, I put tweets out when I saw it. I struggled for superlatives. It was that good. You were almost... I was speechless. And he's a bloody nice bloke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really nice guy. So you've been um, doing some material one of his nights? In Brunswick? Or was it Brunswick? Or mm-hmm. a couple of things? Fantastic, eh? Cheers. Yeah, he put a call out on Facebook saying... Um, <coughs> he put a thing on Facebook saying, are there any new comedians you want to do an open spot on my night? And I said, yeah, I'll do that. I think I did a... Uh, Gig at his getting us to know you know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I met um, David Earl, which is the, the actor who plays Brian Gittins, and he's like a probably lovely guy, really nice. He was like really nice before I went on and said, Oh, are you are you alright to go on this bit? And he went, Oh, of course, I'm a good man, and he was always you know really nice as it came off, he said nice things. And yeah, and he's just a fantastic act, he's so funny. He's just yeah, I couldn't agree more. Thomas, he's, yeah. Get a chance to, to check him out. And I think he encapsulates comedians that I like. It's ones who just do their own thing. And he, he will have done that, and he will have died so many times, have so many people telling me shit. He's just kept doing it. And he's brilliant. 
it's just almost as if that's really played, helped him. Yeah. The fact that it's so mad. But I mean, it's not mad, it's just genius. It's amazing work. It is, yeah. It's, it's, it's the thin line between madness and genius, but yeah. he calls it perfectly. Yeah. And it's, an, you know, it's a visual experience, mm. it's an audio experience. Yeah. It's physical comedy. You know, it's it's little silly quips, random journeys into something you would never expect, all in all in one. And it's yeah. yeah. Do you think for you is that kind of like the, the kind of the round, real rounded sort of comedy show at the moment for you? Is that? Yeah, I'd say genuinely he's he's one of the best comedians I've seen ever. Fantastic. Yeah, he's just fantastic. I mean, there's some comedy shows you can enjoy but then you know for whatever for whatever reason for you they don't have that that bit of that bit of magic I'm not going to use the phrase X Factor because that's been sold by that TV show but yeah they don't have that bit of magic whereas for me it's just absolutely perfect there's nothing I'd change about it yeah it's just yeah so who else is floating the I made you boat um a comedian called Louisa Omelin. Um, she's very, very funny. I saw her do a preview in July, and it's one of my favourite shows I've ever seen. It's all about, um, like, it was mainly like about feminism and things like that, and it was just absolutely astounding. She's absolutely fantastic. It, you know, so, she's not very well, she's not well known now, but I think in maybe three or four years time everyone will know her she's absolutely incredible that's quite exciting as well where you've got someone like that that you know could really you know really do I, well, I, I kind of feel the same way about James Acaster oh yeah well, I think people in the industry know that both of them are very good yeah so it's just they're, they're on the cusp you know they're going, they're going to be massive I mean Acaster's just started getting a mock week so he's, like, he's definitely on the he's, way yeah I mean I've seen him Quite a bit before the fringe. Uh, I adore that guy. He's just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna predict this now. I think they'll make him a um, regular team captain in the week. Tom. Tom May who predicts? Yep. Well, because like people like, like for example, uh, take it back to Russell Howard. He was on the show as a guest like four times, and then they made him regular team captain. So I think they might do the same thing with Baker because he's like the next generation. He's up and coming. And frankly, he's good looking. So that always helps. That's why I'm not a captain. <laughs> there are many reasons. <laughs> there are many reasons. <laughs> Life captain. Let's work on that. I don't like armbands either. Why? That's why I can't be a captain. I don't enjoy armbands. I don't like wearing armbands. Why not? No, it made me feel inferior. Hold on, you mean the, the captain's armband? Yeah. I was thinking swimming armbands. Any sort of armbands, not a fan. Why? No, it made me feel uneasy. Like I'm going to fall over. There we go. That's my thoughts. Andy thoughts on armbands. Yeah, breaking news. Again. This is. It's a world first. I say world first, it's heard by about six people, but two of them are here. That'll be on the front page of Chort Hall tomorrow. Probably not. Tall comedian Andy Harden does not want to talk about twat. <laughs> is that the title of your first show? Angie twat? Yeah. Yeah, why not? 
Fucking hell. Thank you, Twat. I don't know, I'm not, I, I haven't decided between Twat and Moron. Um, Do you have any um, particular influences? My first, the first comedian I ever saw that I was just in love with, and still am, was Rick and Aid. Who? Rick and Aid. Rick Mal, Aid Emerson. Oh, yes, of course, Sadly, departed Rick. But I really, you know, the physical humour there, yeah. the writing style, the fact that they could write two characters to do a show in half an hour in one location. Every single line to be just delivered perfectly, yeah. to be funny, to be dynamic, to be different. Yeah. I enjoyed what was then, you know, that sort of alternative comedy. For them, you know, my favourite. It was, it was alternative comedy, but it sort of, it almost sort of became mainstream because it was just so good. Yeah. It did, and for only to have three series, you know, 18 episodes on BBC Two over a two-year, two-stroke, maybe three-and-a-half-year period. For, for that series, Bottom, was the first comedy series I fell in love with. They were my very first heroes. Um, but then, you know, I don't know, I've had exposure to sorts of mega amazing comedians you know Bill Bailey's just one of my absolute all-time comedy heroes because he's his thought process is complete you know, especially in his earlier work is just completely off the sort of straight and narrow he doesn't think in straight lines yeah someone like that for me really t- just I sat and went this is brilliant it's actually incredible and then I don't know, I mean, Nick Helm, for a comedian who's so physical and puts on this incredible character, to, I don't know, um, someone, like, someone like Lucy Porter, who's just down to earth, brilliantly observational. She's very good. So I try and expose myself as much as possible to as wide a range and dynamic as possible. Yeah. I'm always look, watching and learning and listening, and that really, yeah. for me, is really important. But um, how have you found that your how have you found your material sort of evolving? You say you've kind of really been pushing it for the last year or so. How has that process been? Yeah, it's all right. It's just about. It's always about trying to just cut bits out and make it tighter and make it funnier and make it... Yeah, because... And just make it better, I guess. Because there's some jokes where... You know, I would have done it 20 times and maybe it'd have, like, a few people laugh sometimes, maybe a bit of tear sometimes, and then you just change one word and you can completely change the joke and make it much better. So it's just about... Always just thinking, right, how can I change this? How can I change that? I think that's a really... I mean, you know, I have no... barely any experience, but it's the way I approach whatever I do is being observant, listening back, being willing to adapt. It's really good to record all your gigs and video. Even record all video. Yeah, certainly. Video, because you can see how you present yourself on stage. 
How did you find that? First time you got up there. Is it different now? You, um, you, you know, you mentioned earlier about um, your sort of mannerisms and so forth. How's that sort of evolved? Um, the first time I got up to say I was really nervous. Like I looked to the ground a lot and I was like shaking a bit. Um, and yeah, I was just a bit terrified. Yeah. But I guess maybe um, maybe my, like my first 15 gigs. That was. Um, I was trying to be. For a long time, I guess, both in terms of stand up and my life, I wished I was one of the confident guys, one of the really outgoing guys. Um, I wished I was, you know. Do you think that's what you perceived success to be at the time, or was that really what you wanted to do? I guess I thought that's what I had to do to be successful. Right. But then, maybe after, like, my, I did, like, my 15th gig, and I think I, I was trying to be um, really, you know, like a confident guy. Yeah, not... Um, I wasn't trying to, and I was arrogant or anything like that. Yeah. Trying to go. But there's a distinct difference between arrogance just, and just trying to be like all the people I've seen on TV, I guess, and just look at the audience all the time. But then I, I, on my, my 15th gig, I tried that and I didn't. There was times when I like, I had to look down at the floor or I'd stumble over a word or I'd, I'd nervously laugh. But then that gig went really well. And that was like, at the end of that night, I was. I like the best act of the night or whatever it was. Okay. And then you know, I, had a, I had a clap off at the end and they said I was the best act of the night. They said, since that gig, I thought, oh, you, you can do well while still showing vulnerability. And so I've just sort of embraced it. Yeah. And instead of going on stage thinking, oh no, I don't want to look down because that's not what you're supposed to do. Now I go on stage and go, no, I'm going to make a point of doing that. I'm actually going to do it. And even though it's not what you're supposed to do, I'm going to make it work. Because that's what's brilliant for people like Brian Gittins. He does things you're not supposed to do, and it's funny. Yeah. You know, all the people who are great at something, they break the rules, but they make it work. Yeah, and he plays on that as yeah. well. Mm. I, I like that playfulness. I like the fact that you can... I mean, just something so simple as whacking your microphone into your glasses, for me, is... It's just a stroke of just pure brilliance. Because mm. it's really annoying, but brilliant as well. It's funny. Um, to develop a character is so, so useless on stage, but yet be just a genius is great. It is, um, it is difficult, though, because, like, I guess his, his character is quite shambolic, and I was, I was talking to him about, about how when he first started up. And see, he said there were times when he would do, like, his. You know, 50th gig, and someone would would go, "Oh, if you just started out, because if it doesn't go well, yeah. and you're doing the shambolic acts, they think, oh, you just don't know what you're doing.' Um, so you, you do always have that that thing that can be there. Yeah. But I guess you just got to keep working at it, and eventually, you know, you do good. How do you see your um, your material evolving as you move forward? What's your plans? What's uh, I, I, I guess what are your plans not necessarily in our control perhaps but what, what do you what do you, what do you kind of aspire to, to do next um, I think I'm going to have to write some 
finish this MC and think it would be interesting. Because I'm going to have to write more material um, you know, once a month or whatever it is to, to do it at that gig if there's any like return audience or whatever. So that's going to push me just to write more. Um, I'd quite like to do some sort of multiple person show in Edinburgh. Okay. I don't know whether it would be a, a four-hander or a three-hander or whatever, but I'd quite like to. I don't know who it would be with, but um, I might put the feelers out to some acts I like and see if they can actually do it. But I can't really say anything about it because there's nothing at all planned. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And then um, in regards to um, your own sort of one-man stuff at the moment, how's that looking? It's going all right, I think. Um, you have some gigs that go bad, but mostly it seems to be going quite well, and I feel like I'm, I feel um, much happier on stage than I maybe would have felt, you know, a year ago or something. What's been your best performance sort of experience? Yeah. Best performing experience today? Um, I think it, it, it would be the um, gig at Brian Gittings night, I'd say. Um, just because it, it was like I was on the bill with uh, some great names. Like, I was on the bill with um, Adam Hess, who's an up, fantastic. Up, up, up and Absolutely I, brilliant. I, I, I think his act's fantastic. And um, Harry Hill as yeah. well, so it's like incredible names. And just sitting in the green room with people of that calibre who I really respect and love their work. And then like, when I got home, there was someone who put on Facebook and tagged everyone in it. And just said that our thanks to Harry Hill, Brian Gittins, Adam Hess, uh, Holly Byrne. Holly Byrne? Is that right? Is that name? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. And um, and then he put the name of the other open spot, which is Tim, someone I can't remember his surname. Um, he's probably not listening, you know. And then in my name, it was just that real feeling of just, wow, it's like, like you're not just some guy at an open mic, you're actually a proper comedian who was yeah. part of a show. And people laughed. And then someone else got in touch with me and said, um, out of all the shorter acts, I, he was, my, I was his favourite. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, man, that means a lot, you know. Because, you know, one of the shorter acts was one of the paid acts on that bill. And I was just some guy doing a five minute open spot. Yeah. To be told he thought I was funnier than that person was like, and cheers. Yeah, it was really, really pretty pretty amazing I guess. Someone someone going, Yeah, I thought you were funny and you were funnier than someone who's doing it professionally on that night. So maybe that means I feel that me thinking maybe it means I could do it. Cool. So where can we find Mr. Tom Mayhew? Thank you very much. Um, yes, that's right, folks. I'm not treating Tom to pudding. We've got an agenda. <laughs> you can find me in a chicken shop. Yes, we are at, at Poulet Rouge, yeah. uh, Ballum, SW12. Yeah, up on Twitter, YouTube. Um, Swear, come on, Tom. Give us the handles, give us the facts. Uh, at TomMakey91. It's Twitter. Uh, YouTube, just search TomMakey, then I come up. Okay, TomMakey on YouTube, good. Um, Anywhere else? They're, they're the main two. They're the main two on the board. Excellent. Good. Mm. And um, how do we find a comedy club? 
uh, which is D-A-R-P-A-P-I-L-L-O-N. Okay, great. Yes, that's, Fantastic. that's, that's the correct spelling. So that's Berghamsted. That's the correct spelling the first time. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed um, <laughs> you've got that bang on. I mean, you really... And that's near Berghamsted. You really know your stuff. Berghamsted, Hertfordshire. Uh, Check it out. Should be fun. So first one's on the 30th of yep. October. Andy will be there. I will be there. Um, I tried to get Michael Ben on, but he won't do it. Ding. I don't know why. Ding. He will be there. I hope so, yeah. He says he'll be there. Okay, Michael Bell's going to be there as well. Ding. So. And every time he laughs, he'll ding. Ding. <laughs> Great. Um, one last thing, um, your, your message. What's Tom's message to the folk? Tom's, it could be a life message, it could be a performance message. What's Tom's message? Um... Um... I would say work hard and stay true to your convictions. Fantastic. I think that's a pretty safe rule um, to live your life by. Fantastic. Tom Mayhew in the Poulet Rouge Ballon with a 9 out of 10 chicken. Yeah. That was the highlight of my day. Good. Yeah. Um, what about the interview? Uh, Probably the fourth highlight, maybe? Well, that was the chicken and there was the chips. So. Right. I had a really nice walk. chocolate bar earlier. Ah, I had a good walk. Oh, no, we're not even in the top the, five. The interview is definitely at, at least in the top ten. Top ten. Okay, I'm pitching top eight. I'm, I'm in the top eight. Great. Thank you very much for your time, sir. That's all right, mate. Goodbye for now.